Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Kentucky chef and restaurateur, Wita Michael. We are actually at one of her fabulous restaurants today, Holly Hill Inn. And Wita, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm thrilled too, Michelle. Welcome to Holly Hill. It's thank- wonderful to be here. Thank you. I, I always love being here. It is like coming home for me. So let's jump in and talk about your career. Okay. You've had a, a pretty fascinating career so far. Can you describe that moment when you knew you wanted to be a chef? You know, I loved cooking growing up and um, I went to the University of Kentucky and I loved debating. So I was on the debate team. We won, we won the national debate championship my senior year at the University of Kentucky. And in, in doing that, I thought, oh, I'll be, in, I'll be going to law school for sure. But something happened on the way to law school. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> what happened? I, I fell in love with restaurants. We would travel to different schools to debate at these tournaments, go to Boston and Chicago. And I just, we would eat at Greek Town in Chicago. We'd eat Indian food in Boston or go to legal seafood. And I became fascinated uh, with restaurant culture. So decided to give it a try. And... Um, my first couple of jobs were here in Lexington, but I soon moved to New York City and I opened up um, the New York Times and got a job out of the classified section. And uh, I just loved it. I fell in love with the kitchen, with all the characters in the kitchen, with the adrenaline of the kitchen. I loved the physicality of cooking. And so uh, it was that process. I'm not sure if there was a specific day, but a childhood filled with great food and a love of cooking. Um, combined with the fascination a restaurant can bring is what did it for me. When someone comes to one of your restaurants, what do you hope their takeaway is? Well, it's really about how they feel. We want them to feel very, very welcome. We want them to feel taken care of. Obviously, we want them to be happy. We want to bring them some joy. Um, and but everything with a sense of deliciousness and and nutrition too. Not nutrition isn't our how we advertise our food, but everything that we make we make from scratch. We have almost no prepared foods that we serve at all. I mean, we really build almost everything from scratch. So I that's really what I want. I want to I want people to feel embraced and um, seen and uh, cared for. You don't have just one restaurant. You have a collection. You've got to explain that. Was one not enough? Clearly. (laughs) I think, well, that's right. I'm not sure, like, I'm not one of those chefs. I was the chef at Holly Hill when we first bought it in in 2000, and I remained the chef, you know, for many years. Um, But yes, I have ADD, I think. I'm just so curious about so many things. But we, we have what I call a family of restaurants. So Holly Hill Inn, gave rise to Wallace Station, which is a little country deli and uh, on, on Old Frankfurt Pike, right in the middle of horse country here in Kentucky. And um, Wallace Station, we thought we were just going to open up the kitchen there to bake all the desserts for Holly Hill. And it turned out, and we would sell a few sandwiches to break even. 
Well, it went crazy. And, you know, it I was, love Wallace Station. It's our dive. <laughs> it, it's our dive. It was, um, it's been featured way more. It's our most famous restaurant. It's been featured way more than any of the other restaurants. Um, and Why do you think that is? There's something about it. It's like walking back in time, maybe. It really is a hundred year old country store. Um, it is it is falling apart in many ways, although uh, this past year we've been able to put a lot into Wallace Station because we, we consolidated a restaurant, sadly, but, but the good news was it had all brand new equipment, so we pulled all that brand new equipment to Wallace Station so they have a new walk-in refrigerator, new frying system, new floors, new everything there. But it's that old feeling of comfort. You just feel comfortable and you feel like you're in an authentic place. And honestly, you really are in an authentic Kentucky store. I think so. I mean, that's how I feel every time I walk in And the name always was Wallace Station. We didn't change that name. We wanted to protect the names because it was Wallace, Kentucky. It was a post office and a train stop. And so this over the years, all those things fell away. But we wanted to maintain that little image Identity. of Wallace. Yeah. Holly Hill, Wallace Station, and... Then uh, Windy but, Corner. But still, yeah, that wasn't <laughs> enough. So now Windy Corner. <laughs> Windy Corner. Well, we had this wonderful customer uh, named Anthony Beck, who owns Gainesway Horse, uh, Gainesway Horse Farm and, and Grand Beck Wineries, and or Beck Family Wineries now. And he... Uh, was a customer at Wallace and, and brought his wife Angela there, and she said, "Well, he their anniversary. This was more than ten years ago. It was time for their anniversary." And she said, "Well, I don't want anything, but I want a sandwich shop on the corner over by where they live, over off um, Paris Pike." And so he kept calling me, and I kept saying no. And then one day. He got Chris and I, my husband and I, out to see his garden. And, of course, he has an amazing garden. And on the way uh, out, he said, let's just run down to the corner and take a look. We did everything on a handshake, and it was more than 10 years ago, and Windy Corner has been off to the races, you know, no pun intended, right from the very start. And we've had a great experience there. And it's a po' boy shop. It's a pub boy shop because we wanted, we really wanted to make sure that all of our restaurants could be farm to table because one of our missions in our company is to drive uh, farm income in Kentucky. How do we increase farm income in Kentucky? Well, you have to have all pistons firing and one of those is wholesale sales to restaurants. So we wanted to be able to do pulled pork for the po' boy. We, we wanted to have chicken for the po' boy, country ham, um, as well as local hamburgers and pulled beef. So that's why we did the po' boy shop. And uh, yeah, and it's been great. I'll save you from going down memory lane <laughs> here. But how many total restaurants do you have? We have a total of eight. Okay. So after Wendy came Smithtown Seafood, Midway Bakery Cafe, um, Honeywood out at the Summit at Smith at Fritz Farm, and then la- last but not least is Zim's Cafe and the Thirsty Fox. It's bar. So every restaurant really has its own personality and purpose. Mm-hmm. That's really true. Zim's is in the historic courthouse down in the middle of downtown Lexington. And I feel like each location is iconic for central Kentucky that we have. And I'm so blessed. I feel so lucky to have that. So yeah, Zim's is a, is a diner. It's meant to be that downtown diner that you might wander into that used to maybe, maybe it was in a department store, but we don't have those places anymore. So it's just, you know, a watering hole for drop in, get a sandwich, drop in, get stuffed quail. You know, it's a 
wide ranging menu. <laughs> Absolutely. Stuffed quail at a diner. That that would be unique for sure. Has anyone thought about doing a, a Weta Michael tour of restaurants? <laughs> In, a weekend tour of each of your restaurants. I feel like we that have, would be popular. It is. We do have customers who do that. We call it Weta's World. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a much better phrase. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have, I have folks on social media tag me all the time that go around to each restaurant. It's kind of hard to eat your way through all of them in one weekend so uh, I mean maybe pick three <laughs> it's like it's well yeah tough. lunch and dinner you know the bakery you can get your breakfast you know it That's might right. be able to be possible maybe a long weekend a three-day weekend yeah <laughs> you really have such an impressive resume you know the restaurants your former alum of James Beard Foundation mm-hmm. their boot camp I believe what's a top moment in your career so far Well, um, I am very dedicated to the James Beard Foundation, and I was nominated for Restaurant Tour of the Year two times, one in 2016 and one last year. They didn't do the award ceremony last year, unfortunately, uh, because of corona, um, or this past year. I guess the, the award ceremony would have been in 2020, but you're nominated for 2019. So that's a high point, to, to be in that company and to think that you know we're we're based here in Midway, Kentucky, and our our restaurants are in are in Lexington and Midway, very small markets. And so to stand with Michael Mina and you know the the Ken Oranger out of Boston and big groups like that, it's makes me really proud of not just the work that I do, but you know we have 200 employees and I have a management team that's just incredible. That helps me run all the restaurants. I don't run them by myself, and they deserve so much credit. Okay. What's on the horizon for you? Is there another restaurant? <laughs> well, no, I feel like we have the facilities that we need. Um, I, I really love restaurants, but I, I don't have, uh, if I were much younger, maybe, but I, I feel like we're operating, we're finally getting our operations down and this is after 20 years. <laughs> so I feel good about where we are on the horizon though. We have a cookbook that's, uh, available for pre-order now, but will be, um, released in, released the, spring. in the spring. So I'm super excited about that. And that's my first book. I want to do a second on the story of Holly Hill Inn. Um, we're turning Holly Hill Inn into an art gallery. So I love that. We're starting a new concept, um, a concept kitchen. Um, it's a virtual, I'm not ready to tell it. It's not a new brick and mortar, but it's a virtual restaurant that I'm really excited about. Okay. Uh, that will have an online order presence. And, um, I I think that's going to be an exciting and interesting process. So not really any more brick and mortar development, but Definitely content development. Okay. Well, you teased the audience with a lot of good (laughs) stuff. It is surprising that you haven't come out with a cookbook before now. So can we talk about that briefly? It is releasing in April. Mm -hmm. What prompted you to finally do one? Well, I've I've worked on this book for six years. Um, (laughs) It's hard because we have opened so many restaurants. It's really hard to do both well. And so I do think that the book came to fruition largely because our operations came to fruition. So um, that was very, very good. But also, I wanted to make sure the recipes were tested appropriately and edited appropriately. So I have a co-author, Sarah Gibbs. She and I have worked together for many, many years. 
she used to work um, for me and help me to develop all, like I would come up with the menus and, and this is the way we work. I go, oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. And I'd be making the dish and she'd be standing next to me with a piece of paper and a pen. And then we'd write the recipe, then we'd try to replicate it. And we codified all the recipes for Windy Corner, Wallace Station, Smithtown, all these new concepts that we opened, um, largely Honeywood, et cetera. And then she would cost them out. And that's how we developed the menu content for the new restaurants. We knew we wanted to write this book but there was just a lot of water to go under the bridge and the testing that she did was just impeccable so these are all the recipes from our bakery from wallace station from smithtown seafood from windy corner and then we'll start to work on honeywood hopefully in 2021 okay so you're sharing all the secrets i am i'm sharing all, I'm, the pimento cheese the danger brownie the ginger gems the sorghum cookies they're all in there brown beans the cornbread it's the kind of book that I want to, I want to, I don't want to create a book that someone doesn't want to use or does feels intimidated to use. Right. So I want this to be, I call it silver bullet. Everyone works. And so when you want to make a scone, you want to make the Betty Ann scone or the country ham and cheddar scone. It, it's something your 15 year old daughter could do for father's day breakfast or something like that. Oh, awesome. So you're not sharing all the recipes from each restaurant just some highlights. highlights some of your favorites yes absolutely. okay okay because you know you still got to come to the restaurant <laughs> has there been a mentor or someone that has helped you along the way these past 20 years oh my goodness yes um so many people um but I, I a few I, standouts yes uh, for sure. Debbie Long, who owns Dudley's Restaurants in Lexington, has always been a mentor to me. She gave me my first job out of culinary school coming back to Kentucky. Um, I love her. Holly Wiedemann is my landlady at the bakery and was our developer down at Zim's and at Windy Corner, and she's been a business mentor for me for years. Harriet Dupree hired me, and I was her chef for a year, and I've just long admired her cooking style, and I learned so much from her. And Frida Raglan, who lives here in Midway, has been a culinary mentor of mine, teaching me how to make uh, yeast rolls, lemon bars. You know, there, you can look through my menus, and Frida's retired now, um, and you can see Frida's handprints all over uh, the sort of Kentucky dishes that we do, soup, beans, cornbread, chicken croquettes, all of those kinds of things. She's been amazing. In. Yeah. Wow. So many people. Oh, yeah. It, but you need you need all those people to make you uh, the fabulous woman that you are today. <laughs> well, you stand on shoulders. Everybody does. Sure. Yeah. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Go to Total Wine, you'll save more. So many wines and beers galore. Down through the aisles with corks to pop. Ask for friendly advice while you shop. Oh, so, so much to explore. Oh, so, so many to pour. Holiday cheers, clink, clink, clink. Get everyone their favorite drink. With our wondrous selection and always low prices, Total Wine & More is your savings wonderland. Drink responsibly, be 21. Why don't we move along to your personal life? Oh, sure. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> you live here in Midway. You actually live on the property of Holly Hill Inn. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? I live in an 1820s log cabin. Um, it sits just next door to Holly Hill Inn. 
and it was uh, from Perry County, Kentucky, and it was found. I, the man that I bought it from, he and his wife actually started Holly Hill Inn, and they divorced. He kept the house. She kept the business. So we bought the Now, we own the property. We own the, an acre in the Holly Hill Inn and an acre in our house. So we own a two acres, and our neighbors, Mike and Amy, own the other eight. But that couple, what they did, what they, what's called sticked. They sticked the cabin, which means they dismantled that cabin and numbered all the logs, brought it here, and then in 1986 rebuilt the log cabin. So inside are these huge log cabin walls. And um, But my house is kind of chaotic right now because my housekeeper... <laughs> doesn't come over anymore because of coronavirus oh no (laughs) so I'm I do all that my husband and daughter and I live there and um it's a sweet spot yes I have a bright yellow kitchen I love a yellow kitchen and otherwise it's all wood wood walls lots of art um lots of paintings and a very eclectic bohemian style I guess (laughs) is it how large is it it's um, about 2,500 square oh, feet. that's a pretty good size it log cabin. A, yeah, it has full basement. Well, they put an add addition on for the kitchen and stuff. Okay. But the cabin part itself is just four very large rooms uh, that sit. And, and the downstairs two rooms each have huge fireplaces. And so there's two rooms downstairs and two rooms upstairs as part of the cabin part. And then they built uh, the kitchen um, off the back on the downstairs and a bathroom off the top. I hope next year that we can, I really want to enlarge the kitchen and redo it. And I'd hope to do that this year, but decided better, better wait and see what happens. Right. <laughs> well, you, you worked on Wallace Station. Well, instead. that's right. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I did. I feel like I really, I feel operationally that we've really set ourselves up for success for next year. That Absolutely. makes me very happy. Do you like living so close to Holly Hill Inn or do you ever dream of living somewhere else in the area? Well, there are, I do love it in some way. I do love it. Yes. Otherwise I wouldn't have stayed, but there are times where it just follows you. Your work is never gone from, so sometimes it is, it would be nice at times to be able to walk away and not have someone come over to get a check for the ice or whatever the heck's going (laughs) on. But uh, on the other hand, I, it allowed me to be a chef and have a daughter and walk to work and, and raise my child in our home. Um, So I was very lucky because Chris and I, when Willa was a baby, you know, he basically worked out of our home and then he would come over here and I would go over there and we just threw her around like a football and (laughs) she sat on the counter in Holly Hill Inn and, so it, it has allowed us a lot of flexibility, but maybe when we retire, we might retire to a warmer climate. <laughs> I can't imagine you ever retiring, but you know, you can hope. I do love the beach. <laughs> yes. You just need a second home at the beach. There I you do, go. I do. <laughs> well, you brought up your daughter. I've got to ask, does she have the culinary skills that you have? Has she picked up that? Well, we love cooking together, and she's writing a family cookbook right now for a class project, but she has no interest in restaurants. She says right now she has no interest in keeping these restaurants. Oh, my Lord. I know. That's a shame. I know. Well, we'll see. She's only 16, but she's a musician. She plays a violin, and she's a wonderful student. I feel so lucky to have such a great daughter. Um, And right now she's learning to drive, so we have been driving everywhere. Oh, wow. How's that going? (laughs) Um. 
she's doing well. We were, we're like driving these country roads and I'm like, key element is take your foot off the pedal if you start to feel nervous, but she's doing well. Super. Real well. Super. So you're you buckle in right <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all in. strapped in and those country roads can be narrow at times <laughs> so I like the advice that you gave her just let the foot off the the pedal yeah. if you get nervous <laughs> well getting back to you is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you do you collect something did you do something unusual as a child did you take an unusual trip something out of the ordinary the people just I used might to not... play the oboe. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you still play? No. <laughs> I, I love to color. I love color. You know, all those crazy coloring books that you can get. Right? I do love coloring. So is it therapy? Mm-hmm. I, if I'm really stressed out, I can just, I love like just watching television. I know that sounds terrible. I do really love when I'm stressed just to watch television and color. So I really enjoy, I have all kind. I have hundreds of these coloring books and colored pencils and markers and every other thing. Well, I guess being a chef is kind of artistic and this sure. is just another outlet that allows you to relax. Yeah, it does. Right? It's, yes. And I enjoy making cards for people. So I like coloring and then cutting out. I'll, I'm going to color you. I'll color you a picture, Michelle. Please do. <laughs> I, I would, I, I'll frame it. <laughs> I'll frame it. You know, we talked briefly about the artwork at Holly Hill, and we didn't really reveal whose artwork is featured here. So let's let's briefly oh, do no. that. Well, in this room that we're sitting in is all my mother's pastel drawings, and my dad's work populates the rest of the inn. He was a scientist and retired early, and he's always been artistic my entire life, and so it's just a thrill to see all of his work come to life. And he works in encaustics, which is wax and found objects. That's so unusual, too. Mm -hmm. And your plan is to use the space here to highlight his artwork, or the majority of his artwork? When we reopen, um, right now our dining rooms are closed, but we're we're going to reopen as the Holly Hill Inn and Gallery, and we'll be featuring just basically one artist, and that's Ray Papka, my dad. So yeah, it'll be exciting. Well. Is your father's artwork anywhere else in the area? Will, or is this the only place you can really see a large collection of it? It will be the largest collection. He does have work in galleries all around the area. And he also, he's, he's got a, uh, a piece in the UK Art Museum, and he has a piece at the UK, several pieces for UK healthcare and um, at UK. So he's, yeah, he's, he's got a following. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I think so. I think it's just another component that makes you and Holly Hill in so, so special. What's the best part of living here in Midway? I mean, you are a Kentuckian. Mm-hmm. Describe what you enjoy most about this area. Well, it's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. And Midway welcomed Chris and I with open arms in 2000. Uh, people would drive up, you know, because we, we had to close the inn for a few months and then we ripped, you know, ripped it apart and rebuilt it, you know, just to redo the plaster and all that stuff. Uh, so there were, I, people came to look at all the work we were doing. People came to meet us and um, it's been a wonderful experience. My daughter's school is like a 10 minute walk and the library is a 10 minute walk and my sister lives across the street with my nephew and so it's a very hometown feeling. 
and you don't see anybody, you always see somebody you know at the corner grocery or at the post office. And that accessibility made it possible for me to have a big career because my home life is very simple. And so I really appreciate that. I love that about Midway. Did you ever think that you would open a restaurant in Frankfurt or Louisville or somewhere other than the Lexington vicinity? We, I was very, we were very open, especially when we initially came back to Kentucky in 93 about moving to Louisville. We kind of wanted to, Chris and I did, but I couldn't find a job. Uh, so and Debbie hired me. <laughs> At Dudley's, right? At Dudley's. Yeah. So that became, that became sort of our path. I've looked at a ton of property in Frankfurt. I love Frankfurt. But again, you know, sort of opportunities come and they knock and you say yes to some and some don't come at the right time. And so it happened organically. But I do think Frankfurt is ripe. And uh, Louisville, I think, is a very, I would feel worried about opening a restaurant there now just because I don't think I would be able to be there enough and it's a very competitive environment. But I love the Louisville restaurant scene. And, and just talking about Midway again, it is so charming. And you did have, or you do have like that ideal life here where you can walk, yeah. you know, your daughter can walk to school, your sisters across the way you can walk to work I mean it is very charming as a result of that where you know if you lived a little bit further east in Lexington it's more of a city yeah experience right right? Lexington is a it would be there would be a lot of commuting and one one thing that's nice about where we live is the Holly Hill Inn sits on 10 acres as I told you and and we have two of those acres so we have big gardens we have a beautiful herb garden we, you know, we have beautiful flower beds. It's a beautiful place to be. I walk out of, my husband's from New York, and when we get back from visiting New York, we drive up to the Holly Hill Inn. It's like living in Central Park. I mean, it is, it, we have beautiful old trees, and I mean, it's a gorgeous place. It is. It is. It's just, it is just um, one of a kind, it for is. sure. And you are lucky that Lexington's not too far, Frankfurt's not too far, so you can get to other amenities if you need them, but still enjoy this nice country atmosphere. You brought up your husband. I had no idea he was from New York. How did you (laughs) persuade him to move to Kentucky? He is from... Other than just, you know, the fact that he fell in love with you. We met on the first day of chef school. And uh, we became good friends and then fell in love. And we've been married for 27 years. And uh, he came and visited. We initially thought we would live in New York after he proposed that his family, uh, he grew up on Long Island, and his family is like six or seven, eight generations of New York City. I mean, so I thought we'd end up there, but when we, when I got back here, I came home just to plan the wedding with my mom in 1993. And Chris said, oh, this, I'm so lonely for you. So he moved down here. And we still thought we would just have the wedding down in Kentucky and then go home. But once he got down here, and I, I don't know, he fell in love with horses. We took horseback riding lessons from Parks and Recreation. Oh, fascinating. He had never been on a horse in his whole <laughs> life. Then he, went to, then he went to Keeneland. I credit Keeneland for getting my husband here. Right. Um, loves going to, to Keeneland and spring and fall. And just he enjoyed that, all of the culture, and also how 
um, accessible things are in Kentucky. It's kind of hard in New York City to, how are you going to buy property? You know, how are you going to navigate the process of opening a restaurant? It seemed very complex. So does his family enjoy visiting? Well, his, I have to tell you, <laughs> his family moved down here. Oh, my goodness. His mom, they still have one house in East Hampton, Long Island, which mm -hmm. is out on the end of Long Island that, that, they, that they have. But his mom sold their home when, after his father passed in Manhasset. And before that time, his sister had moved down and bought a house here and brought her kids down here. His brother moved down here. Oh, my here. God, you converted them all <laughs> <laughs> to Kentuckians. <laughs> They all became Kentuckians, and um, and it's worked out. I know. That's a unique story. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's New York in the uh, 90s, you know, and even today, it, it became a very difficult thing financially. The property taxes are huge, and, and you know, Chris's mom was living by herself in a big old house, and he was going up all the time trying to take care of the house, trying to take care of her. So we knew we wanted her to come. Um, but it was a, you know, it was a bonus that his siblings also said, uh, you know, looking around, oh, I think they saw that there's so much possibility here. The potential. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so basically your whole family's uh, within a 10 mile radius, probably. <laughs> they all live in Midway. <laughs> oh my goodness. They all live in Midway. <laughs> Another example, how Midway is so charming. Gosh, we better... <laughs> Better not tell any more secrets about Midway or everyone's going to flock here. But let's, the holiday seasons are upon us. So I must ask, do you have a family holiday tradition or memory that stands out that you can share with us? Yes, we have a Christmas cookie recipe that we have made in our family every year since my third great grandmother. It was passed from my third great grandmother through all the way to me and now Willa makes the cookies. So she's the it. sixth generation. Yes, I love it too. It's a damn, my great grandmother called it a damn good sugar cookie and she never said any cuss words. Um, and we do that one and we have an icebox cookie that we do that's got a lot, it's a brown sugar cookie and then we make into logs and slice with lots and lots of pecans. And I love those cookies. Okay, I, you do have to explain the icebox cookie a little bit more. I don't know if I've ever heard a cookie called that before well icebox why icebox cookie because you make the dough and when after you make the dough you you shape it into rectangular logs and you have to refrigerate it overnight right and then you slice the cookies very thin and then bake them so oh. i guess that's why they called it an icebox cookie because you had to originally that cookie was in an icebox not in a refrigerator right <laughs> I love it. I've never heard of a uh, process like that before. So that's very cool. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have those those two cookies as family traditions that are being carried on, you know, during the holiday season. It's not Christmas to us if we don't bake them. And we make the royal icing. The, well, it's not exactly a royal icing. It's kind of a, um, it's powdered sugar and sour cream and some other things for the icing. And we make them all different crazy colors and we ice all the cookies we cut all the different on the sugar cookies we cut all the different shapes and i have all my mom's cookie cutters and my grandmother's cookie cutters oh how nice so we do santa clauses and angels and stars and it's very fun well that's a beautiful holiday memory to share and tradition i guess i should say on that note we're going to wrap things up 
with five quick questions. Just be a good sport. First question, what is your favorite flower? My favorite, oh, the hollyhock or the dandelion. I'm torn between the two. What? Well, I actually got a dandelion <laughs> tattoo. I have a dandelion tattoo that I got for COVID. Hear me out on the dandelion. Okay, yeah, it's, I think she has to explain. It's bright and cheerful, bright little yellow head. Um, you can eat the leaves. It grows everywhere. You can't kill it. And when it goes to seed, you get to make a wish. And you got a tattoo. <laughs> I got a little dandelion tattoo on my... Okay, she's showing me right now. She's proving that it exists. Oh my gosh, it's there. I did that for my birthday this year. Okay. We did, you just surprised me all the time. <laughs> I, that one, I would have never guessed. <laughs> I would have never guessed you would have put it as a favorite flower, nor would I have thought you'd get a, a tattoo. At so you amaze years me. Old. <laughs> you amaze me. I'm almost afraid to ask the other four <laughs> questions, but here we go. What is one of your all-time favorite movies? All-time favorite movies? Oh my goodness. Just one. Um, oh, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, that is a good one. I love the I just saw that. I love all the food scenes, too. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course you would. Third question. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a 2015 Ford Fusion, and I call it my Millennium Falcon. (laughs) All right. I love it. Where was the last vacation you took? Jekyll Island, just off the coast of Georgia, this past summer. Because we could we could quarantine down there, go to the beach. <laughs> there you go. And which do you prefer, ice cream or potato chips? Ooh, potato chips. Salty. Oh, salty. I love salt too. <laughs> we had so much fun to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Michelle. Visit WineCountryWomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.